getting the sheets out when we get started. Okay. There's a little bit of an unusual thing to do because I'm actually going to give Shear on a topic that's more connected to Perm than Pesach. But uh, it's, it's an interesting topic. I don't think it really matters that much whether it's the Chag that is upcoming or not. Okay, and uh, actually, oh, no milk, so nice haircut. Okay. Oh, almost didn't recognize you. Jonah, did you recognize him? Okay. Okay. So, uh, we actually owe this topic to my in laws, believe it or not. Okay, my in laws were at our house last, night, last week, and my mother in law said to me, Why do we read the Megillah twice? And I think it's often true in life that something we do since childhood we don't question. And it's good to think about it a little bit and maybe realize it on a deeper level. So let's just think about this for a second. Um, let's compare it either to other Megillot reading or to other mitzvot. Okay, so let's say Eicha. How many times do we read Eicha over Tishabav? Once, right? We only read it at night. We do not read Eicha again in the daytime. That does the job. And yet somehow Esther's read twice. Okay, what if we compared it not to, I'll just take one down if you don't mind. What if we compared it not to Megillah reading, but to other mitzvot? So if we have mitzvot of the Chagim, let's compare it to matzah, shofar, and luav. Okay, what common denominator all of the above, guys? It is either just night or just day. Right, when is the mitzvah to eat matzah? Pesach night. When is the mitzvah to blow shofar or to take a love only the day so again we do it our whole lives we don't really think about it it's an unusual thing right what is going on that all of a sudden this is repeated is there something deeper going on here that Megillah is repeated so that's number one and then as some of you know okay uh, my father-in-law is a very very proud German and one thing about Germans they love their minagim they arguably they are more attached to their minagim than anybody else so we were discussing how many times we say Shechianu on Mikra Megillah. Now, think about most mitzvot we do. If there's a mitzvah that we repeat, right, what tends to happen? The first time we say Shechianu, and the second time we don't. Guys, give me a mitzvah like that. Hanukkah, excellent. Oh, God, we all learned in elementary school, right? The first night of Hanukkah, we make three brachot. And every other night we make two, because once you've said Shechianu, you don't say it again. And it makes a lot of sense, guys. What's the whole uh, theme of Shechianu? We haven't done this in a long time, and we've got here, right? Uh, Shechianu is about novelty. We're grateful to get to this novel mitzvah we haven't performed in a year, right? That's what you, that's, think about. That's why it goes together with putting on new clothes as well. So that Shechianu, it doesn't really make sense that Shechianu would be said twice. Okay, so I was talking, and I said, Svardim uh, on, uh, we can get confirmation from our local Svardim over here. Svardim say Shechianu at night of Purim when they read the Megillah, but in the day they go down to two, just like near Hanukkah, right? Three brachot in the morning and night, and two in the daytime. And Ashkenazim follow the Ramah who says to do Shechianu again. Where's Arya Padua? Is he here? Arya, did you see Shechianu in the day also? <coughs> what? Uh, yes, because you are an Ashkenazi fellow. Okay, so he followed the Ramah, and he said, Shechianu again. Uh, but the Germans, believe it or not, guys, on this issue are like the Svartim. Right? By the way, it's not the only parallel. Someone should write a book once about why the Germans are Svartim. Very good. Good one. Okay, right? Most Ashkenazim do not wear a talit until they're married, which, by the way, is totally illogical. There's no connection in the world of halacha between being married and the mitzvah of tzitzit. 
But Sephardim and German Jews wear talit from earlier in the game. They don't wait till they're married. Right? So at that point, oh, there's a parallel. There's more out there, guys. Not for us right now. But now, so our second question is going to be, how do we justify this Ashkenazi minhag? Okay, why should we say Shekhyanu twice? Okay, guys, so we have two things lurking here. And one of the I picked this topic is because it really extends beyond Purim. Extends to our understanding of Shekhyanu and other issues in the Chagim. But question one, why do we have this mitzvah we do twice? That is unusual in the world of Chagim. Mitzvah has to be done both in day and the night. And the Sephardim seems so much more logical. Why would we say Shekhyanu twice uh, if we're Ashkenazi? Yes? Um, when you talk about saying Shekhyanu twice, the first thing I think of is like Shkriya Sarat. Isn't that, isn't that a good thing about how we say Shekhyanu in the second set of Yom, it's like a category difference? Okay. We do the same thing here. We say the two together, like separate. Oh, Mati is getting it. He's going to be a London one day. Okay. What if we say the two readings are not the same? That there's somehow a difference between the daytime reading and the nighttime reading? And then you could say, so Shekhyanu, it's not repetition, and therefore we'll say Shekhyanu each time. Now, that is a great point, but we'll see different ways of playing out the details. Like, what changes? Like, why is the nighttime qualitatively different than the daytime? That would justify two separate Shekhyanos. Noah? I could be completely making this up, but I think I remember an opinion of, we don't know whether you're supposed to say it at night or at day, so you say it at both. Uh, in terms of Mikra Megillah? Yeah. Um, that I haven't seen, but that doesn't Maybe. mean it's not there. So, um, because during the day, you think about Mark Shemot, and Okay, interesting. Okay, so Saul is suggesting that maybe instead of differentiating the two Megillah readings, maybe we'll differentiate between the two Shekhyanos. One Shekhyano is on A, another Shekhyano is on B. So let's just expand it a little bit more before we get to you, Caleb. Okay, I think Saul's on the right track. Saul, very good. Okay, so Saul had it for a different mitzvot. Guys, besides mitzvot, what else could Shekhyanu be relating to beyond individual mitzvot? Oh, someone just said it. Who was that? Harrison, that was you, right? Say it a little louder so you can all get it. Oh, couldn't you have Shekhyanu about the day as a Yom Tov? Right, so maybe we say one Shekhyanu is on the day and one is on the Megillah reading. Okay, so let's see, we're going to go out of order, because I always like it when people's comments take us in a certain direction. We'll see if that stands up. Caleb. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't have to say anything anymore. I just have to smile at him. Okay. Uh, could it possibly be that, that, that the Chiv is really just like once in general, and because of that, we have these two things that's like really important to us, and then Shekhyan would be that uh, we just don't know who's in the crowd if they've heard it once or haven't heard it at all. Okay, so interesting, interesting. Okay, although I think we could challenge your case. What if we, we knew it was everybody who was there last night also? Okay, Caleb, what are you doing for the break? Uh, what, today? No, no, like after you, after you she events. Uh, working at a winery. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was uh, summer. No, that's like, yeah, after you shoot tents. No, what are you doing for the Pesach break? Oh, for Pesach break. Oh, I'm going to, there's um, one in Vienna with Mike and Lipson, and I'm going to uh, Zurich with Gabi. Okay. He's going to be for shopping. Great. I don't think either Vienna or Zurich is known for its whiskey, is that correct? Beer. Uh, actually, there's some like, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. So now, let us try, let us try Harrison's theory. Okay, so everyone jump to the Meiri, please, in Source 5. Right, Meiri, again, is Provence, southern France. Very nice commentary on Gemara. Okay, that's what we have in Meiri here. So if you could skip to the fourth line, we'll get back to the first part different time. He wants to give Harris his shot, but he's going to argue against it. 
Okay, guys, there are more sheets on the beam. If anyone would like a, would like a sheet. Okay. Here we go, guys. So it says, Oh, sorry, one thing, guys. Zman is a nickname for a bracha. Which bracha is Zman a nickname for? Shechianu. Because think about it. What is Shechianu? Shechianu becomes Gianu. Lazman Hazeh. Okay, eight times. Is that your dad? Yes. Welcome. Nice, nice to see you. Glad you came to share. Okay. Here we go. Uh, ah, there you are, Harrison. Shall, now, which one is which, though? You want to say one is for the Megillah reading and one is for Purim. Shalom Megillah, so he wants to say, at night I do it for Mikra Megillah, and at day I do it for the Yom Tov. Now there's a little bit of a difficulty here, guys, even though it's a nice theory. What about Sukkot? Sukkot night we say Shechianu. Okay, do we make a separate Shechianu on the Sukkah? No. Right, we make a bracha of Leishe B'Sukkah, and we say the Shechianu covers both the Yom Tov and the Mitzvah of Sukkah. So he has a problem. So he says, uh... He's already opened up an instant possibility to come back to. What's the suggestion? Maybe Purim night doesn't have so much status. What will be the proof that Purim night doesn't have so much status in our world? Almost all of Purim takes place in the daytime. Think about every single mitzvah of Purim, right? With the exception of Mikra Megillah, right? The Suda is only in the daytime, right? The Matanah of Yonim is in the daytime. Mishloch Manot is in the daytime. Maybe Purim, it's almost a misnomer. Maybe Purim night is just a regular night that we have to do Mikra Megillah. It only really becomes Purim, as it were, in the morning hours. And if that's true, that would make sense. On Sukkot, we could do a two-for-one deal. On Purim, we can't because the nighttime is not really even yet Purim. Okay, one second, guys. Read a little bit more. The Miri does not like this because then he says, Guys, it's going to be really interesting here because we keep going back and forth. What's the claim now? Yomli Shechianu in the context of Kiddush. Now, if you know this guy, it's really amazing. Who can prove to me from one Yom Tov that's obviously wrong? That you only say Shechen in the context of Kiddush? Not Rosh Hashanah, but? Nope. Yom Kippur, who said Yom Kippur? Okay, guys, believe it or not, no one ever knows this. Very good, kidding. Okay, this is the thing I think I did for like 40 years before I noticed we were doing it. Okay, we're up on the roof singing Kol Nidre. What's the last part before we start heading down for Marv? You ever notice that we just say Shechianu? Okay, check it out, guys. Open your Yom Kippur Machzor. You'll see we simply recite Shechianu, not in any context. Right? There's no mitzvah going on. There's no kiddush going on. We simply recite Shechianu. That is the purest example. Right, Mike, how do you know that? Shechianu? Yeah, you just guessed Yom Kippur. Uh, good, good. Good intuition there. Okay. So, we just do it on the day per se. So, if you ever want the proof that we say it just on the day, Yom Kippur is your proof. So, now he's got a problem again. We, okay, now we sorry, now it, this answer seems good again. First he said you need Kiddush, now he says you don't. He says, no. Al Tishivenim Yom Kippurim. Don't give me Yom Kippur. Shekdusha to Yitera. It has higher Kedusha. Velo Nifka Koso. So why don't we make it on Kiddush on Yom Kippur? 
El mitzad yisr shtiyah shibo. We would accept for he can't drink. Avari ein zedome el lechanaka. Purim is like Hanukkah. What do we see there? Shiyesh zman al hadlaka v'lo al hayom. So now he said, let's just go through the last line of Miriam. I'll do the whole argument back and forth. What does Miriam essentially say, guys? Kiddush, it's not about the Kiddush per se. It's about the status of the day. And what might be the claim? Purim. Guys, why do you think Purim lacks the same status? Not just because Yom Kippur, we all dress in white and sing good songs. Does the Rabbana notice what Purim he compares to? <clears throat> now, I think it makes a lot of sense. You might say the rabbis can make mitzvot, but they can't create... Sanctity. See, guys, this is a good topic because it could connect to Machshava also. Can human beings create a sanctified day? Maybe we can, maybe we can't. But the Meiri seems to think we can't. Since we can only... Oh, sure, we can make mitzvot. We can tell you on Hanukkah, light Hanukkah candles. We can tell you on Purim, read the Megillah. But we can't create Kedush And maybe if there's no Kedush what would emerge? There is no reason to say... Shech Yanu. And if you think he's crazy, isn't Hanukkah a great example? We seem to only say Shech Yanu. Actually, it's debatable, because I guess you could say it's two for one there also. But he assumes that in Hanukkah, the Shech was only on the light of Hadlaka Nerot, and there is no Shech for purpose. Let me just sum up, because there was a lot of arguments back and forth in the Miri, and then I'll take comments. Okay, first suggestion, Miri. Maybe we make Shech twice. One is on the day, one is on the Megillah reading. He wanted to claim the one on the day would actually be in the morning. Because he thinks perm night doesn't have so much status, nothing's happening yet perm night. Then he has a question, he says, but maybe we only do it on the day when there's Kiddush, right? He backs, he says, no, that's not true because of Yom Kippur. But then he says Yom Kippur is still a bad paradigm because it's really not about the Kiddush at the end of the day, it's about the Kedusha. And the Rabbanans don't have that Kedusha that would demand Shekhyanu. So again, one answer out there is one for the day, one for the mitzvah. The Me'iri at the end of the day thinks it's wrong because he thinks that Purim does not have that kind of status. Okay, Quincy. Okay, um, could one argue that it's the other way around? So I've heard ideas that all of the mitzvah, including Megillah, the Iker is on the day. So therefore, on the day, you're making the Shekhiyanu on Megillah. And the, it's not like we're against saying Shekhiyanu at night the entire day. In fact, we think that the day starts during the night. And with other Chagim, we also say that Shekhiyanu. So you could argue the first Shekhiyanu is over the day, and then next one is over Megillah. Yes, yes, you could argue that if you want to, yes. Okay, have you good so far? Yeah, eight time. Yeah, this might be a bit of a stretch, but like when you're mentioning the difference between like <coughs> Sukkot and Purim, <coughs> the name itself of the holiday is Sukkot. Like the whole, like when you're saying that Shabbat on the Zman of sitting in the Sukkot, it's sort of like, I guess, an implied that like that's for the whole holiday. Which is in Purim, you're saying it twice because like Megillah is just an aspect of it, so you have to cover both the night and the day, which is the holiday. Okay, look, you're raising an interesting question about how Chagim got their names and what we should make of it, but uh, I'm going to leave it aside for now. Okay? We discovered that you have two fields of expertise. Okay? It is politics and Jewish music. Right? Those are, I don't know what they have to do with each other, but I guess what, <laughs> I can, one can have two disparate fields of expertise. That was very impressive how quickly you found the uh, song of Judah was looking for. Okay. All right, guys. So let's go to... Ah, I just want to show you that sometimes something that one person rejects, right? Another person might think really is good. So if you just go for one second to the Pnei Yoshua, okay, it's on source seven. <coughs> you look at the fourth seven for one second, he says, <clears throat> you see where it says uh, at the end of the fourth line? Why do men get a night? 
Not only the Megillah El Mishum, Chovat Hayom. It is also about, so Harrison, here's your theory. The Meiri didn't like it, the Pnei does like it. But look, he's expli- the difference between their thinking is explicit. Kivin da so chacham kmo regal mamash. What's he arguing? Yeah, the rabbis can make real regalim. It's not some pseudo uh, holiday. It's not like, you know, Tuvishvat uh, or, uh, or what's the other one you usually go with? Or Lag Omer. Right? It's a real holiday. Okay, what? Uh, Tubav, I always say Tubav has more sources in Chazal than Tubishvat. Okay, not like one of those holidays made up by a joint effort of the Zionists and the Kabbalists. Okay, yeah, uh, you know, Chabad's too easy a target. Okay, actually, maybe we should. There are enough Chabad guys here. But it's a real holiday, not like Yudtet Kislev. Okay, so, uh, okay, so here we go. So, Purim's a real holiday. Let's see if you can prove it. Now, here's a good line cover, guys. Haven't you know this? Vidivri Kabbalah, Kedivri Torah. I mentioned this once before. Guys, Divri Kabbalah here does not mean Kabbalistic secrets. What does it mean again? It's a code word for? It's in Nach. Very good, Rabbi Rubek. It is in Nach. And there's an idea sometimes that something in Nach has more status than a Stam de Rabbanan. So you want to say, don't even, by the way, it's interesting because based on that logic, what might you differentiate between if that's the main argument? Purim and Hanukkah, right? It could be say Purim has holiday status. And Hanukkah does not. That would be quite a fascinating idea. Because Purim does appear in Nach, and Hanukkah obviously does not. So, Divri Kabbalah Kid Divri Tari Dari, Achilashita Kamposkimi is another test case. These great guys for picking up test cases. Ain Avelud Vanina Nohegbo. What might be, this is what you want, like, guys, if you're a good philosopher, you say, what case will test the difference between A and B? So, what's his other suggestion here? What will test whether a Chag has real status or not? Whether it negates mourning, right? There's a sense that a real holiday can't go together with. Avelut. And there, by the way, there is a debate. If you look it up in Allah, there's a debate what happens if you're a mourner on Purim. Some people say you do all the mourning practices even though it's Purim. And some people say, no, no, Purim suspends mourning. So he wants to quote the idea that Purim suspends mourning. And what would that show again? Purim has real regal status. So you just notice lurking in this debate is not just a debate about Megillah issue. It's a debate about almost Chagim the Rabbanan in general. Okay, so just to sum up, number one, guys, first answer on the plate is the Pnei Yeshua. One is for the day, one's for the Megillah. But that assumes that the day demands one. So the Pnei Yeshua thinks that Purim has that kind of status, and he tries to bring proofs for it. Whereas, clearly, the Meiri thought Purim is like Hanukkah. It does not have regal status. It would not call for its own Chekhyan. Okay, Ari Berman. Um, the world of the Meiri, would you say that in terms of maybe the Oh, that's a fascinating idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not for us right now, but there, there's a lot to that. Yeah. He wanted to argue that it's for the Megillah. Although you could have gotten Quincy's way. Uh, I'm sorry? What? No, because he's arguing. Look, this was in the middle of the argument. It wasn't where things ended up at the end. But he would argue that maybe Purim has status, but the status is really the daytime of Purim that has status. Because you don't really do anything at night. Well, the, how do you know that? Tosman says that, but... Uh, well, that's when he's going to a different answer. I think he's in a different approach over there. Okay, I think when he gets to... In fact, when you go back to you, I'll show you that. He, okay, I think, just one thing to be careful about, guys. I think this happened to us a lot. Like, Rishonim will often quote multiple answers. So if you just pick out a line, pick out a line here, and pick out a line there... So all of a sudden it's not consistent. But that's because there was the first approach to the Rishonan, 
the second approach. So be, uh, be careful when you're picking out lines that that's not happening. You're not conflating different answers. He thinks that, well, if we do, it's not because of the own. It might be because of the first answer. Okay, so you know what? Evan, hold on a second. Gooby, hold on. Don't lose that. Don't forget the thought, Gooby. Okay, write it down if you want to forget it. Okay, let us get to, since Leave is ready to bring it up, let's get to the other answer and we'll see the contrast. Okay, so let's look at Tosvos on source three. Okay, if we have a chance, we'll get to the Gemara. This might be an usual case, we don't do the Gemara. Yoda Dove, how's it going back there? What? Why? Okay. That's a good reason. Who got married? Ravitz from Poland. Ravitz from Nightsider. Why were you invited to Ravitz's friend's wedding? Where was it? Okay, how hardy was it? I'm saying, we're, I assume it was a separate scene. Did they bring out like potato cook and chong for the yeshiva guys? No, no, there's what's there. <laughs> in a lot of Haredi weddings, there's the main course, and then the yeshiva guys will show up and they have like on the side potato kugel and chong. What? Oh, wow. Because that, that's usually better than the main course. I'm just my advice. Go to, the, go to that. Pretend you're one of the yeshiva guys. Okay, here we go, guys. Let's go to Tosvot, source three. Okay, he fit right in. Okay, Tosvot, source three. That's the source in the Megillah that you have to do the Megillah twice. Oh, Marie. Even though you say she's in the nighttime, here's the leave, here you are. You do it again in the nighttime. Why? Okay. What does he say? The main time to pursue me. says, now when I read the Megillah at night, it's actually in the day. The Kronami Mashmakain, the Pasik, I'm not getting this right now, guys, but the Pasik that's the source for this is Mashma Dikti, Valila Vuldumaili, Klomer Afli Shikwe Biom, Khaivko Balila, Vai Ikar, Havi be a mama. So what does Tosos think? So I would say in Tosos, it's not that one's on the Yom and one's on the Megillah. They might both be on the Megillah. But what's happening? Since the Megillah reading gets more significant, it, it's more like quantitative than qualitative. Right, there is, I'm doing kind of my level two Megillah reading at night. When I get to the daytime, I'm doing my level one Megillah reading. And therefore, when I go from level two to level one, that justifies a second Shekhyanu. So I would like to argue now, we have two theories that are kind of uh, strikingly different. We have what I call the qualitative theory. They're not a Shekhyanu on the same thing. They're Shekhyanu on the day of Purim and the Shekhyanu on the Mikra Megillah, however you want to divide up the two Shekhyanus. I would call this Tosus more quantitative. That somehow the daytime is the real Megillah reading, and therefore we say Shekhyano because the night is still fresh, but the day is even better, so we say Shekhyano, Shekhyano. So leave this, if we go back to the Miri, the Miri starts with Tosvos. He says, The main one's in the day. So only later these get to the other theory that one is covering the Yom and one is covering the the Regal and one is covering the Megillah. But his first theory is still the Tosos theory. Okay, Gubi. Um, so is, is it not going to be that, let's say, I give Megillah at night and I say Shekhanu, that, that, that like, I can't say Shekhanu again. Like, let's say you drag him today and I don't say Shekhanu. Can I say Shekhanu tomorrow and you drag him again? Or do I lose that chance? 
I was right. It's a good. Well, how would that help burn? Let's. I'm going to question. Why don't you say No, again, if you. Oh, not not like Tosos. Look, I think you're asking an interesting question, which is, if you say Shekhin on the day, which of the mitzvah of the day somehow stands out for the Shekhinu? But, Gubi, I would change your question perhaps into like an argument. Maybe that shows that Mikra Megillah is the most significant mitzvah of her. More significant than Mishloch Menorah, or more kind of, it gives identity to the day. So you could argue that Mikra Megillah is the one that gives the essential identity to the day. Okay? But, and instead of a question, I'd say that's an interesting point you're raising. Yeah, all right. By the way, that might be part of it also in terms of what Kubi just asked. It could be Mishloch Menot's a great thing, but we do not view Mishloch Menot as an act of pursuing Nisa. Right? Or Matanot Levionim is a fantastic thing. But maybe the only time we're publicizing the Nase is by reading the Megillah. So maybe, Kubi, that's what gives Mikra Megillah its added status as the essential mitzvah of the day. And therefore we'll associate Shech Yana with it. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not sure what he's getting at there, but he has other arguments why the day is the main one. He, he has other arguments why the day is the main one. We'll get to the second guy is actually night versus day. Okay? Um, Micah. Um, I have a question. Um, there are people, I think like Akim Schwartz said this one, Manjubim, where he slept outside of... Hey, we're not getting it right now. Okay, Mati. Um, oh, yeah, according to Tosin's like, position, so this trial, the argument would be like, you only do Shekhyanu the second time, or like, where it's like, you, you do it the first time, you do it Ah, time. so that's what I wanted to say, because I believe, maybe not everybody agrees that Mikro Megillah is, ascend, is the day is more significant. So I'm going to read a Rambam together, guys, and I'm going to make an argument. Tell me if you agree or not. Okay? All right, Northman, how's it going there? Okay, excellent. Okay, one second, Yoni. Let us see the Rambam. All right, where's your family from? What's the, what, where in Europe? Uh, from like Ukraine, Russia. My mom's side and my dad's side is like from America. Your dad, well, not originally. <laughs> how, how, I mean, Native American. So my dad converted. Ah, okay. Wait, you're really, you're really from like Native American background? Which? which 132nd Cherokee. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, guys, when we, when we do, like, the, uh, the facts about guys achieving their families, I have to admit, if you're, like, the descendant of a convert, you have a much wider playing field. Usually you have better stuff to go with, right? Like, both, like you had ancestors on both sides of the Civil War, right? That's pretty impressive, okay? Nobody in my neighborhood could say that. Okay, so let us go to the Rambam. Okay, source four. Okay, Rambam source four. Mitzvah l'kodet kula. Okay, you read in day and night. You can read it all night. You can read it all day. Here we go. Let's go to the brachot. We'll see where the svarim are coming from here. When we read at night, we say three brachot. And shechianu. Last line. Ubiyom. Says the Rambam, there's no reason to say Shekhinu twice. This is the source of the Sephardi custom that they only say Shekhinu at night. But here's my question, guys, because I'm going to try a theory. We'll see if you guys like it or not. See, one of the great things about giving shir is you get to try your theories. Okay? When the, you're only going to say it once, according to the Rambam. No reason to say it twice. He picks the nighttime. Do you think that means he obviously disagrees with Tosvot and doesn't see the day 
as the more essential reading. Because that's one you can take. Say, what does the Ram obviously hold? Tosas is wrong. The day is either more significant than night. Sorry, the night is either more significant than the day or equally significant. And therefore, you do it the first time. Jonah O, what do you say? Ah, because? Because you're saying it on the mitzvah, just because one's more significant. Excellent, than the excellent. I was waiting to see somebody say that. I haven't found it yet, but I actually think it's a good svar. What is Shechianu about? I haven't encountered something in a long time, and now I encounter it. Who says I have to encounter it on the highest level? Like, what if I buy, uh, I don't know. Who should go after it? Okay. Fine. What if I buy Micah's shirt? Okay, I really don't think it's such a great shirt. Okay, but it's still okay. It's okay. It's not what? Yeah, it's no Hawaiian shirt. Right, it's not a fez. Okay, so uh, but uh, what if it's always still a new shirt? I'm going to use it. Well, so I'm going to make a Shaviano. Uh, there's no reason to say, oh, I didn't do it on the highest level. So maybe the Rambam simply says, okay, daytime is a more significant Megillah reading, but who cares? Shaviano depends on. The first time you encounter a phenomenon. This is the first time I'm encountering Mikkel Megillah, so I say Shechina. So I agree with Jonah. Yes? Oh, that was a Kubi's question. Okay. Everybody good so far? Okay, yeah. In normal cases, how long does usually say a year. Like people will say, have I had, or the fruit, you might say, have I had this fruit yet this season, right? Do we say Shechiyano on Matzah? We do not. We do say two bracha, but why do we say two bracha, guys? Why do we say two bracha on the Matzah? One is the Matzah and one is the Matzah. But as you guys are saying, we've already seen the idea that the Shechiyano of Kiddush does double duty. And maybe sometimes Shechiyano of Kiddush can even do like triple duty. Okay, but just like Sukkah, remember we said there's no separate Shechiyano on the Sukkah and on the Kiddush? So Pesach and I could be like that as well. Yeah, Jojo. According to the Rambam, when the status is irrelevant, then why would, what would the Rambam answer to why we read the Megillah twice? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Okay, which we have not answered yet. Okay, let us, actually, once Jojo answered, let us see a radical theory. Okay, I think it's a very interesting radical theory. Uh, let us go to source, oh, did I put it on? Oh, so, source eight, the Svaramet. Okay, Svadamet again is the Rebbe of which Hasidus, guys? Yeah. yeah, very good. Okay, excellent. Okay, and we're going to skip all the way down. He has a novel new theory. Uh, you see where he says, Ubayom, it's about halfway down, is the beginning of the line, Ubayom. Yeah. What did he mean when he said, Megillah reading is meant to be done twice, once a night and once in the day? If I didn't read it at night, Wow. Till now we've thought, oh, there's a mitzvah to do it once a night and once in the day. What does he think, actually? The mitzvah is just to read the Megillah twice. Megillah meant to be read twice. And therefore, if I missed it at night, I would actually read it twice in the daytime. Okay, let's read a little bit more. Uh... One second. Okay, so I just want to point out, according to this, I think it's a fascinating idea. Maybe we think that, look, I don't know where we would take this from like an educational or philosophical perspective, but maybe some texts, you really start to get it your second time around, 
Right, I think that might be true about a lot of things. Uh, it, you, you'll notice, you know what it's like, these guys? Oh, let's say you watch a confusing movie. So the first time, you're only trying to like make sense of what you're watching. Then the second time, you already know what's gonna happen, you can actually pay attention to the details. Or, uh, wait, who do we need now? We need, oh man, where's Gavri? Gavri's over there. Oh, ah, there we go. Uh, let's say you're reading Infinite Jest, right? You have no idea what's going on to like page 632, right? So uh, it's a little bit hard to appreciate. So what you need to do, Gavri, this is bad news for you, okay? You need to finish it and immediately start again at the beginning. It's like a seum, right? Go And then all of a sudden you actually understand who the characters are and how the different chapters relate to each other. So I'm wondering, I'm not saying Miguel Esther is that hard, but I wonder, according to him, that's part of the idea. Like, this is a text you should read twice. You'll really appreciate it on the second go-round. Okay, so again, this is not so much the Shekhianu, but I want to say it's a new idea in terms of the double reading. Till now, we've thought of dual reading as, oh, I want to experience at night, and I want to experience in the day. That's how we've thought of the dual reading. This is the first time someone has said the dual reading is really just about reading it twice. In fact, if I missed it at nighttime, I would read it twice in the daytime. Okay, Jonah. Um, based on the spot, I missed Gabby, sorry, I didn't see you in the corner over there. Okay. Um, could you read Megillah twice at night? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a good question. So look at the last three lines. In theory, you could have said that, but very good, Jonah. Look at the last three lines. The F shard, the Hadam Lashinota, Mishum, the Iker Mitzvata Bayomi. He's still on your team, guys, that the main mitzvah. He's on the Tosos team, he's in the day. That is really unbelievable. What does he want to claim? I only read at night so that my daytime reading will be a second reading. Like, we, the day is what really matters, but we want the daytime reading to be the second time I'm hearing it. So it's almost like the first reading is almost like a preparatory stage. It's not even really the mitzvah. It is setting up the second reading. So, Joni, he could have gotten to He still thinks that the day is the main show. Isaac. Well, he didn't say that. That's one possible way to read him. Remember, we had the Joan Ozeal way to read him also. Okay, very interesting. That was very clever. Guys, Isaac, again, at some point, he's going to realize, give up on his business career, and then just go to Torah. It's going to happen eventually. Okay, so uh, he's very clever. Guys, are some of you learning Megillah? So didn't the Gemara itself, although it might be very practical, link the reading of Megillah with one of the other mitzvot that they have their always a package deal? Do you remember? If, anyone remember which one? Very good. Who said that? That was excellent. Who said Matan Lyonim? Lee, very good. Isn't the Gemara very insistent that Matan Lyonim has to coincide with? Now, I admit one could be very practical about that. What would be the practical way to say it? You have a big crowd at Mikra Megillah. That's the most effective time to collect money for the poor. But Isaac has raised a fascinating possibility. Maybe it's not just practical. Maybe there's a sense that we really want this mitzvah to be integrated and seen in the background of the, the Purim story. And therefore, we need a Mikkel Megillah that connects it. That's very clever, Isaac. Yeah, Caleb. Um, in the Sad Emmet's world, uh, if you're reading two Megillahs during the day, do you see Shafian on both? Uh, I would think just once at that point. <laughs> I think just once. Yeah. Look, he, the problem is he's not really addressing the Shekhyanu question. Okay, so it's just it's just my speculation. Yeah, Micah. Um, I don't know, like, 
I feel like this thought and it's a little bit of speculation here. Like we know for Dominic that if you like by accident skip the chakras, you're supposed to say two minutes, right? No one's saying that like that like you just need three dominings in a day and it doesn't matter where you put them. Everyone says you should be having a lot of Okay, so you're doing something great, guys. That's why it's good to have different models in your head. And then the more you know the halachic system, you know different models. Mike, in the part I skipped, which I don't think we're gonna get to today, he says this is not the Tashulman model. He's aware that the Tashulman model is lurking there, and you're right. The Shulman model would play out differently. But if you skip, he quotes the Birke Yosef. The Birke Yosef quotes someone who's thinking in terms of Tashulman. Okay? So it is interesting, like, which model are we doing here if you're saying you do it again? Yeah, Quincy. Do you think that it compares the model of Shnai Nikra? As in, he seems to say that he's. Oh, that's very clever. Very good, Quincy. Right? If you say we never in the Lachic system have the value of reading something twice, now, Quincy, you have to throw that in next time. Excellent. So you might say, Shnai Mikra is precisely that. Oh, you'll just get the basics the first time, but you're really able to think about it more deeply when you go through something a second time. Which again, I think in a lot of life, we do experience life that way. Okay, we're good? Yeah, Mati. Um, where do we see that we have to get up? Like, Mishnah is very easy to see in the text. Like, get up also? Um, it's interesting because. The Megillah itself is very clear about Matanal Yonah Mishalach Manot. Yeah. It's not so clear about Mikra Megillah, but the Gemara has ways to derive it from the Megillah. I don't want to get to it right now. But it was derived from the Megillah. It's derived from the Megillah itself, yeah. No, but I'm saying it was always two from the beginning. Of the oh, uh, that I can't say for sure. Okay. In fact, I bet... Let me just think for a second. I bet some scholars say it was originally read once and then only started twice in the time of Amorim. Right. Because the Mishnah only mentions Kriya Bayom. Yeah, yeah, and the, the Megillah only mentions doing the Megillah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's uh, some scholarly article about that out there somewhere. Okay. Great, guys? Okay. Let us see. Ask one last question. Okay? Uh, maybe two more questions. If I ask you, just based on the story, what is more significant, the night or the day? What would you say? Okay, those of you who said the day, why would you say the day? What's the miracle? Okay, good. Anybody with a different position? Okay, again, we're trying to figure out if I, I'm reading the Megillah story. Okay, does Megillah highlight nighttime? Is it a nighttime episode or a daytime episode? Rafi? Oh, what a great group here, guys. We will now see the, the classical commentaries exactly debate that point. Excellent. Let us go back to the previous page. That was very good what you guys just did. Okay, let us look at... No, sorry. Actually, before that, go back to... Who says the war part? Seven, the Pnei Yeshua, sorry. Let's go back to this. We did the second part of Pnei Yeshua. Let's do the first part of Pnei Yeshua. Why does he like the day? Caleb, exactly what you said. Did you read this Pnei Yeshua? You just figured it out. Excellent. Excellent. I guess it's probably true, actually. I know I'm not, not an expert in the history of warfare, but I imagine in a world without electricity, right, you probably didn't fa- wage too many battles at night, right? Because what? Even with electricity. Yeah, it's true today, too? More battle in the daytime? I don't know. That's for Benny. Okay. <laughs> well, that would only prove what happens in Lebanon. We, we, we wouldn't know about the rest of the world. Okay. But, uh, okay, so the assumption is that battle warfare happens in the daytime, right? And therefore, that's the main part of the story, exactly. So now it's because we we're curious before, like, is it just arbitrary that we favor the daytime? Now it becomes much less arbitrary, right? The nation would simply say, that's the story. The story is a daytime story. However, Rafi Ubeck should not give up. Because if we go to the Marsha on source six, 
Okay, remember guys, why, why does the Marsha stick out? Everyone has to know this, you can't leave Shiva. Why does the Marsha stick out among commentaries? What's unusual about him? He not only commented on the halachic sections, he also commented on the agadic sections. Okay, here we go, Marsha. Fine. Ah, second line. That's interesting. He has a new theme, which we're not going to stress right now. Remember the guy, Gemara says at one point that Megillah serves as the Halal firm? Guys, well, when do we tend to recite Halal? In the daytime. So if Megillah is going to be the Halal firm, that would be reason to do Megillah in the day. Come on. There it is. That night the king couldn't sleep. Arguably, Megillah. Oh, this is what they ask you in your like, high school composition things, right? Where's the turning point in the story? Right? Isn't that a classic question on uh, the essays? What's the turning point? Right? So one could easily argue that the turning point of. The Purim story is when the king can't sleep. Right, that's when, they, you know, it's like I say, all sports people should, should appreciate this. Okay, you're playing a sports game and one team's winning and then you feel the momentum shifting, right? It doesn't mean you've caught up yet, right? But some, something's happened, right? All of a sudden, you know what, I'll give you an example. Like uh, you're winning by 13, but they hit a half court shot at the buzzer to go. So even though you're still up by 10, but you feel it slipping away, right? The momentum is shifting, right? It's not, it's not momentum, it's Definitely just a random... Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay, we have the Amos Tversky of our time. Okay, but... So you could say, what when what was that three-pointer for midcourt? That was Achashverosh being unable to sleep, right? That is when the momentum shifts. If so, in some ways, Purim becomes a night story more than a day story. Jonah. Um, I mean, if we're saying that the Okay, so let me point out something, guys. Jonah's did a very good job, but the question is, how much should you prove from something that is really exceptional? Right, if we do a long study of Halal, what we discover? Halal on Sukkot? Daytime. Halal on Hanukkah? Daytime. Halal on... Right, okay, so, so that's exactly the point. On Seder night, there's two things really, guys. We integrate Hallel into the Seder, but there's also a minute, because may have to say Hallel and Shul. You guys have that minute or no? All our Chabadniks. Where's Kobe? You lost him? Ah, uh, there you go. Kobe, do you, do you remember what Chabad does? Did they say Hallel and Shul on Pesach night? Anybody? I do, I do. Uh, well, there is, as, as, they probably do, no? I think they probably do. No, do you know? Do you remember? No, but there are chutzlarts in Yanam that don't do it. Not every chutzlarts. Oh, only at Shul? No, it's not true either. There are places with chutzlarts that do it. Okay, look, you might be right about the tendency, but not about like, it's not like 100 to 0. But the question is, should we view Pesach night as some kind of unique maverick? Or that shows that Hal could be a night also. Yeah. If it's, I mean, if it's something unique, I mean, if, then it, like, if it belongs to two of the holidays, you know, then... then well, that's, it's very interesting, theory, but the question is, we're not sure if it's what's happening in Purim, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, don't we have, don't we have the concept in tomorrow that we have, like, these two cases that have, like, this exception to combine together and find what's, uh, tomorrow? Right, but part of the problem here is, like, this is a really interesting test case, because we know that Pesach's an exception. We're not sure that Prim's exception, meaning Jonah is raising a possibility. If the Megillah is the Hallel, 
is that happening at night as well? We Which might be true, but we're not sure it's true. But there's also, you know, that there are links between, like, the, the two like, themes of the days. Permanent Pesach. Right. Okay, you, you, you could say that. All right, guys, are we ready for a summary? Any last questions? Yeah, leave. The Marsha thinks you need both. He, he, I, I, realized I, I read it very quickly because I was running out of time. He's basically saying you might think we only do the day one because of Halel. No, you need the night one because of Belilahu. And don't think we can just do the night one. If you keep reading, he says you need the day one because of the Halel theme. Okay, guys, quick summary here. Very good job. Okay, Billy, this also, I don't do this often, but it was a sheer I just prepared. So it's nice to do a fresh topic. Okay, here we go, guys. We have here the unusual idea that we say the Megillah twice. That is certainly unusual. What is going on? Okay, not only that, but we say, if you're Ashkenazi, you say Shekhyanu twice. You might say logic is with the Rambam. According to Rambam, guys, how many times do you say Shekhyanu? And only at night. That is the Sephardi position. So why the Ashkenazi say twice? So we talked about a qualitative or quantitative approach. Qualitative approach, we are doing two different things, as Harrison said. This was in the Pnei Yeshua. One is on the Yom, one is on the Chag, one is on the Megillah. And we had an interesting discussion with Quincy, which is which. But that's why you have two. That's the qualitative approach. But that qualitative approach depends on a very fundamental question. When the rabbis make up a holiday, does it have real regal status? Notice the Meiri thought it didn't. He compares it to Hanukkah. And the Pnei Yeshua clearly thought it does. He tries to look at the position that it suspends Avilut. That shows you it's really... A regal. Okay, so that is the qualitative answer. Then we have what I call the quantitative answer in Tosfot, that the Iker is Bayom. So even though I did it at night and I started, but since I'm raising the level, I do another Shekhyano in the daytime, which raised an interesting larger conversation that maybe, and we picked up on this, maybe Purim is really like this unusual thing. Maybe it's like a 12-day, 12-hour holiday and not a 24-hour holiday. That the real Purim holiday is... From dawn till sundown, right? From sunrise to sundown. That's the real from holiday bayom. Okay, great. Then we had, uh, so that's why we say Shekhinah twice. Why do we read it twice altogether? So we had a really fascinating Svadimet. Svadimet says what's important is really not day versus night. What's actually important is just reading it twice. He even phrases it that, oh, why do we read it at night? So that the daytime reading will be experienced as... A second reading, which is really a fascinating, I don't know if he's right or not, but I found it a fascinating idea. We talked about how certain things you appreciate more only on the second go-through, like infinite jest. Okay, uh, yeah, please. So, Yafe, Yafe. Ah, Yafe, is that Okay, so then, like, you want to start, like, Purim start at night, but then Bayom, you want to come away with Kirsum Anes in the Yom already. Okay, good. So, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I had last night, so I know what's going on now. Okay, Yafe, Yafe, Mo. Okay, finally, we asked, which is. Eitan, now I see where you picked up your Hebrew skills. <laughs> what, what language do you talk to Eitan in? No, I just, it wasn't a criticism, I was just curious. English, I guess. No, okay, okay, so in any case, then we asked, based on the story, should we highlight the day or the night? So as I mentioned very briefly, we saw the... Pnei Yeshua wants to say battle happens in the daytime, so it's really a daytime story. We saw the Marsha goes with Rafi. The Marsha says, but the, the turning point, the momentum, the game changer was when Achishverosh couldn't sleep, that's the night. And... As uh, Eitan's dad says, Rashi just says they cried out to God both in day and at night. Like maybe somehow the story ends up highlighting both of them. Okay, last comment. Leave. Uh, 
if you ever like saw your on, there's a mistake. So if you say that we're saying the interval is on the day, so we say so we say Shapiyan during the day, and we say the yom at night, right? The interval the yom is also during the day. Okay, interesting. So the question is, do you have to say the? I understand what you're saying. You're saying the ikr of the Chag and the Iqlim Gil is in the day. Um, so I, have to, I think, very good question, Leif. I think we'd have to say one of two things. Either that deny in one case that the ikr is in the day, right? I admit that. Now, I'm not saying the you're just in, in theory, wait. Or, or say we still would like to separate the two to highlight that we're doing two different shakhyanos. I'm, I'm just saying it seems that the Meir and the Tanei Yeshua and the two people like bring forth that claim, both agree that both the ikr of the day and the ikr um, you're right about the Miri. Let's check the Pnei Yeshua again. Where does the Pnei Yeshua talk about the Ikers? Uh, well, he talks about the Ikers and the Gil of the Ikers. I guess maybe he doesn't talk about the Ikers. Yeah, I think the Pnei Yeshua, there might be more flexibility. All right, guys. Everybody should have a great Shabbat.